And I suppose this is perhaps the best-known verse in the Bible. Uh, it's many people's favorite verse, and uh, I just wondered, uh, it's also one that many people memorize. And I wonder how many of us have memorized this verse before. Could I just see your hand if you have memorized? Yes. Well, that's just about everyone. It's um, when the Bible translators are going into a new language on the mission field. It's often the very first verse translated. But I noticed that we've never had a devotional on this verse. It, of course, is primarily a verse on salvation. So we don't think of it as prayer necessarily. But I would submit to you that it is one of our greatest reasons to pray, motivations to pray, as we shall see today. So as we, we begin, um, let's pray together. Our Father, we ask you, Lord, that this word would be clear, that it would be an encouragement to your saints, and Lord, that your Holy Spirit would bring its truth home to our hearts. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So just last week, someone gave me a tract um, entitled John 3.16, presenting it as the greatest verse in the Bible. So I'd like to go through it today, word for word, and uh, see what the Lord has for us. It is, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Of course, the first thought here is God. And we see God as the greatest lover. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. John 15, 13. And God so loved. This is the greatest commitment this is agape love. It is the love of decision, not just of emotion. It is the love that loves even when the one loved is undeserving and no matter the cost to oneself. This is God's love. First John 4, 8 says, God is love. He is the great covenant-keeping God. God so loved the world. This is the greatest company. World here means either uh, the world of all men that have ever lived or the world of believers. And we won't get into the theological points today, but let us realize that either way, this is the greatest company ever addressed. Probably billions of souls. God so loved the world that he gave. This is the greatest act. Yesterday, we remembered our Lord's sacrifice for us. We remembered that he took our place in the death that we deserved as he died for our sins on the cross and rose from the dead. This amazing atonement, however, is only the beginning of his giving to us. And we see this in Romans 8, 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, 
how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So God gave his only begotten son. This is the greatest gift. This is the second person of the Trinity. In first, I'm sorry, in Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 to 18, we see that he created all things and he holds all things together so that in all things he has the preeminence. So surely God's only begotten son is the greatest gift that could ever be given. So God gave his only begotten son that whosoever, this is the greatest opportunity, whosoever. It is a free invitation offered to all men to come to Christ. And it's repeated throughout the gospels by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. That whosoever believeth, believeth is the greatest simplicity. You know, in our salvation, there is nothing added to faith alone. Faith is trusting in another outside of ourselves. And in Acts 16, 31, we have that simple command of the gospel. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's whosoever believeth in him. And again, we have the greatest person, the God-man, the great object of our faith. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish. And brethren, here we have the greatest promise. The fact is we are all in a state of perishing. Ever since the fall, we are winding down toward this ultimate end of ending life on this earth. Now, John 3.16 may not appear as a verse that we normally include in our list of promises as we pray, as Stephen was just referring to. And yet here it is, no doubt the greatest promise anyone could ever hope to receive. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but... And here we have one of those great buts in the scriptures. This is the greatest difference. We were all perishing, but God steps in. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have. And here we have the greatest certainty. It is not maybe. It is not possibly but it is that we have. And what do we have? It is that we have eternal life. And brethren, this is the greatest possession, the life that is so far more important than any other life we could have here on this earth. So we have it, brethren, what God, I'm sorry, who God What? He so loved the world. How? That he gave. Whom? His only begotten son. Why? That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
So brethren, let us always remember our great Savior and this great gift freely given to us, a gift that is also a great promise. His great love for us in this gift is our greatest motivation to pray. After all, we love him because he first loved us. Amen.